guys. It's your boy, Goo Boy, Goo Meister, Akui on my shoey. Choose any name that people used to tease me with in middle school, and that's who I am, I suppose. Just recording this, giving you guys a bit of a heads up that there's a couple of audio issues in this episode where it gets crackly while we're talking, and at a couple of points, we do have the Wi-Fi drop. So we are dealing with that, and I had a flight and wasn't eating, and it had been a long day, so I was a bit distracted with all of that going on, especially with things going wrong during the episode. And I fall back into the un um trap and the yasso trap, as I have been doing in the past couple of episodes. And I wanted to say heads up and sorry about that, that I'm trying to get better. And I do believe that we are getting better with every episode and every guest that comes on is a little bit cooler and puts me a little bit more at ease. And this is a great episode. Janelle Moore comes on. She writes about the Warriors. She's wrote about them for years and years, much longer than I could have dreamed to be in the sports industry. So you guys got to hear what she has to say. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Bye-bye. Welcome back to No Bucks Given, guys. Back to our regular scheduled programming. As you guys might have noticed, last week we did two episodes. We're doing two episodes a week now. Mondays are quote-unquote more serious episodes with people that actually work in the field and want to talk about the sports. We'll get to who is coming on the podcast in a second for this week. And then Fridays is going to be the casuals episodes. Two buddies or people that have been on the podcast before but wanted to come for a fun round with drinking games and stuff like that to be a little bit more casual. Today we got Monday. It's a more serious episode. Serious as serious as I can get, which you guys know isn't very serious. And I've got Janelle Moore with me right now, who is a writer with a myriad of sites, including Complex and Basketball News. Basketball News, which has been kind of skyrocketing lately in terms of content. Big fans of what they're putting out right now. And she was part of the All-Star Zoom Scrum yesterday, which I was very excited to see. I'm going to ask you about that in a second. But first, we do the mental health check on this show. It's about month 12 right now of the pandemic. I say it every time. It still doesn't sound real to me. A friend of mine sent me a Snapchat memory of us on spring break a year ago we went to los angeles on a road trip and it's the last pre-covid memory i have so that's kind of ruining me today mentally guys but so what i do is when i bring on the guests janelle i ask them how they're doing but i ask them how they're really doing and you don't have to be specific because you know things are personal you don't have to be specific but you can if you want if you want to say something good that happened to you this week something bad that happened to you this week or just say how you're doing in general so i guess the question is janelle how are you really doing right now I'm really doing all right. I mean, I can't complain, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I'm just really, you know, excited. You know, I had an awesome thing that happened to me yesterday with the All-Star Scrum, and Mm -hmm. it it is surreal because, you know, coming from where I came from as far as, you know, this business, I still can't believe it. And that lets me know that you know, I got to keep working hard until I make that my norm. Mm-hmm. That is my goal. I got to make that my norm. Yeah, I feel you. You know, it's it's a tough business out there, you know, and you've been grinding more than most. I'm always seeing you putting out new content, and I'm honestly jealous of your work ethic when you're doing it like that because you're right, you know. It's, it's hard to get your foot in the door with those sort of things, but Uh, We're starting to see your work pay off, which is really exciting because I'm hoping to see my work pay off in in some time and I'm rooting for everybody, you know, so it's really cool to see that your stuff is coming up and, and that you're doing well, you know, it's, you should be able to take 
uh, heart to the good things that happened to you lately. So it's good to hear that you're doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, you know, it, it's great that my work is getting out there, but, you know, I, I can't rest on my laurels. That's, that's where you mess up. Right. And, you know, you don't want to get too high and you don't want to get too low. You just want to just keep that same energy. And I know that's like a, a phrase, but it's, it's my ethos right now. Mm-hmm. That, that same energy, that same effort, I have to keep at it until I reach my goals. Right. Yeah. It, it is hard not to be able to look back and, and, and stuff like that. I mean, that, that image alone of you at the all-star scrum got me all excited and stuff. So yeah, I, I understand. It's cool that you got the, the work ethic going myself. I am wiped out right now, guys. I just flew into Denver about 20 minutes ago, got the car over here and set up. I'm at a buddy's. I've been couch surfing lately. If you guys have been tuning into the podcast, you know that I, have been going through a bit of a tough time without getting into specifics. It's just been weird, weird time and some emotional stuff is going. It's been gross, but the podcast has been a really good outlet and we've been having fun and the couch surfing has been helpful. I've never been to Denver before, so it's exciting to be here and spend the week here. Let's see what we got next. Oh, we got Reader's Digest. This is something I do on the podcast. I haven't gotten a better name for, even though I want a better name so badly for it. I just put down what I read and what I listened to for the week. If anyone is interested in checking that stuff out and it helps me shout out the people that are helping me out, learn more about this basketball stuff, because I got a pretty good handle on the game, but there's always more you can learn. I'm definitely trying to get more into the X's and O's lately, as opposed to just be some opinion guy that screams his opinion. So this week, the articles I read were, will the Wolves give the Warriors another top five pick by Zach Cram on the ringer? Kevin O'Connor does a power rankings every week for the ringer. This one he did for the NBA at the halfway point. So I figured it was a good one to check out. Hollinger's week that was, that's John Hollinger on the athletic. That's once a week. It's always pretty decent. Was the NBA all-star game a mistake, uh, which talks about the Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons fiasco that happened a couple hours. That was by Joe Vardon on the athletic I wrote two articles, or I read two articles by our very own Janelle Moore, who's on the podcast right now, both on basketballnews.com. One that came out earlier today, I believe, the Steph Curry article about him at the All-Star Game, which is just chock full of really good quotes from Steph that I think you pulled from the Zoom scrum, right? Yes, that's right. Very cool stuff. And she also wrote about Steve Kerr's missteps and how they factor into the state of the Warriors right now. Both of those on basketballnews.com. Check them out. She's very good at her job. And she is not afraid to criticize a three-time championship winning coach, which is something that a lot of people in media are afraid to do. So kudos to that. Moving on from that, I also read uh, The Warriors' Biggest Problems and Best Solutions by Tim Kawakami on The Athletic. And the two podcasts I listened to were the athletic NBA show Hoops Adjacent, where they were talking about Draymond Green being ejected and his Andre Drummond conversation during a press meeting. They have Marcus Thompson, the second who covers a lot of warrior stuff for them on that podcast. And he always does a great job. And I listened to the Spencer's debut episode. That is on Blue Wire Pods with Haley O'Shaughnessy and I want to say Jordan Liggins. Their first episode, I really liked it a lot. It was about how the All-Star Game now with COVID relates somewhat to the Magic Johnson HIV All-Star Game in 1992, I want to say. It was a really good debut episode, not like a lot of other sports podcasts like this one that you guys listen to. So I would definitely check that out. 
we're going to start with the all-star game recap. It was a weird game. We're going to talk about Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid being ruled out for a second, but let's just go through the stuff really quickly. DeMontis Sabonis won the skills challenge. No one really tried. Janelle, do you have any takes from the skills challenge? No, I really don't have takes per se. Mm -hmm. only, only one observation. Those bigs were going to show down. Yeah. And you, you would think that, you know, somebody like CP3 would, you know, win again or maybe even Luca. But mm -hmm. those, those bigs really showed what they got. And that is a credit to the evolution of the big man now. It's more than just, right now, it's more than just catching lobs and right. uh, rim protecting. It's so much more nuanced. And Jokic is a great example of that. Sabonis mm -hmm. and, and, the, and the like. And it's just right, really yeah. Yeah, I fully agree. It was really cool. It sucks that some guys just seem to not give a shit about the skills challenge, which, I mean, in all fairness, it is the least publicized and least glamorous of the all-star festivities, but they got to find ways to spice this shit up, man. I, I really wish they would do something like throw a couple of WNBA players in there because truth be told, their fundamentals are as good, if not better than regular NBA guys in terms of the straight passing, the shooting, giving a shit about running the floor and taking a layup. And frankly, I think it would put a fire under some of these dudes guys to go up against them because they're going to give a shit if they're invited to that event and people that give a shit rub off on other people. So it would be really cool to see if they found a way to spice that up. Let's yeah, see. Some I, yeah. don't even rebound anymore. Right. Exactly. It's, it's embarrassing. It really is. You know, I mean, Luca didn't even fucking show up for the all-star game, let alone all-star, uh, the skills challenge. That was genuinely, honestly, I would have been embarrassed if I was Adam Silver watching that because these, and listen, uh, they're forcing them to do an all-star game. I don't want to dive into that. After that was the three-point challenge, which is always an exciting event in the, in the, in the, you know, when it happens, but there's not a lot of lasting highlights i feel from the one takeaway that i did have is we all knew that steph curry is the best shooter of all time reggie miller said it on the broadcast everyone's been saying it for years and most people say it and actually mean it because they know what they're talking about but this was something different you know there, there was a saying when i worked for a semi-professional baseball team over a summer that you can tell when an actual prospect hits the ball, the sound that the bat makes when he hits the ball is different. And that's what we kind of saw with Steph out there at the three point contest. Everyone was shooting, but he was just being Steph. I've, I really haven't seen anything like that. Steph was amazing. Last One second here. Three point contest. And, and we all knew he was going to win, but what was really interesting was how he had to work for it at the end. Yeah make it suspenseful but we we knew what was going to happen yeah 100 percent. the second and i'm not surprised yeah we're not surprised the second that that we saw that steph needed the one shot left to beat conley in the final we knew it was going in i don't think a single person really thought he was going to miss that shot at the end there there, there was something different in the way that he was shooting that ball. I, 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 I haven't seen much like that. There were some shooters in that contest, but no one even close to Steph. It would have been fun to see Dame in that contest, but Dame said no, and I respect any decision that Dame makes, honestly, at this point. Maybe some of those mixtapes can go, but beyond that, I really do respect the guy. 
Uh, I think with Dame, I think with Dame, he is going through a lot right now. Mm -hmm. He yes. has had a series of losses and, you know, he didn't really want to put that much on his plate and people got to respect that. Yeah, you know? no, I, 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 he could have not shown up to All-Star Weekend and I wouldn't have blamed the guy. I read a, a small segment of that article that came out about what he's been dealing with, man. And a lot of our boys are really struggling right now. And we spoke a we speak a little bit about the mental health of athletes, but we still don't treat it like the mental health of, of people that are outside of the sport. And these guys go through a lot and they're expected to not just show up to work, but as work as hard as they can and talk to the media and pretend like nothing's wrong. So big shouts to Dame, if you're listening, I know you're not buddy, but if you are, I hope you're doing all right. Uh, we can cover the game in a second at halftime, maybe the worst dunk contest we've seen, but it feels like any dunk contest in the past five years that hasn't had Zach Levine or Aaron Gordon has been the worst dunk contest we've ever seen. At the end of it, Anthony Simons wins after kissing the rim, but didn't actually kiss the rim. Cassius Stanley had a fantastic first dunk that the judges just misscored. Um, what's the purpose of having all these judges just, just because you can dunk well, doesn't mean you're a good judge or you're a consistent judge, or you're a judge that's going to actually judge it correctly. They had more judges out there than contestants. It was fucking ridiculous, Janelle. I mean, what, what, did you notice anything from the, from the dunk contest? Everyone's spouting out their ideas of how to fix the dunk contest and stuff like that. Do you have any thoughts on that? Or do you want to move on? The way to fix the dunk contest is get back to actually displaying athleticism and creativity in that athleticism. Get rid of all of the, that gimmicky shit. Mm -hmm. That that um, nerf, that uh, mini hoop that Anthony did, that ain't it. Obi jumping over his pops and Julius Randall ain't it either. That's actually been done before. Right. Take it back to the dunk and take it back to the creativity and athleticism. That's how you get it back. And don't have 15 judges up there. And don't and have judges that's, you know, kindly close to the peer group. Right. Neek and them can't relate. No. Right. More. Right. Exactly. I mean, they had Josh Smith there. I, I don't want to, I don't want to hear judging from Josh Smith and then the dunk contest. It was really weird. I didn't like it. I think that the scoring has been wrong. I don't think they'll change the way that scoring is, but just have two guys do a dunk and let the judges choose which one was better. Uh, that's going to do a lot better than giving one guy a 44 and then giving a worse dunk, like a 47 after that, just because you feel like scoring guys higher now. I don't understand how that works. It's the dunk contest they got to figure out. And honestly, it was flawed when they had the good ones with Levine and Aaron Gordon. They just got lucky because there were highlights to talk about there. We can move on to the game now. Team LeBron destroys Team KD. I think it was 20-point uh, victory at the end of it. Giannis wins the Kobe Bryant All-Star MVP, which I like. I'm from Milwaukee. In reality, I would say that Steph and Dame both had better highlights and moments in the All-Star game than Giannis did. If you go 16 for 16 with 35 points, they're probably going to give you the all-star game. I'm not super upset about it. I don't know. Did you feel that Steph deserved the, the all-star game MVP, you know, a lot more? Absolutely. But, you know, you can't really argue with going for 16 for 16, no matter how you do it. Right. So it is what it is. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, and 
with Giannis, 16 for 16 usually means a lot of dunks, which is totally fair. That is what Giannis does. But when you're just banking in those those threes that you really shouldn't be taking, sometimes it's just your night. And that was fun. There's that video of Giannis and Jokic celebrating after that step back three, which I've never seen Giannis do in a game before, which was ridiculous. And they were celebrating together. I loved seeing those guys together. There was a lot of best friend energy in this all-star game. Giannis and Jokic were kicking it. And LeBron and Steph shared like, I think it was their first memorable moment uh, together in any sort of game. That was really cool. It kind of showed shades of what could have been if they ever found their way together on a team. There's that one moment where, LeBron kicks it to Steph about half court, foot or two after half court, and Steph just pulls, which inadvertently started the half court three-point contest, we can call it, that happened during the game between Dame and Steph, who were on the same team. I think Jalen Brown took one at one point and just bricked that mother. That was so funny. Hey, guys, we're back. Sorry about that. Had a little bit of technical difficulties. We are back now. Should be fine for the foreseeable future. I believe we left off with Simmons and Embiid being ruled out from the game. They saw Barber in Philly. Just to recap, the Barber tested positive. They double-checked with his results to make sure that he was positive, and then they removed Simmons from Simmons and Embiid from the game. And apparently they had not been in contact with their teammates. So despite the NBA coming so close to the super spreader event that they really wanted to avoid, they got lucky and only lost two players. I, this was a bad idea from the start. And they're lucky that that was the worst thing that happened over the weekend. We can move on to a couple other things that weirdly happened. But Janelle, do you have anything that you want to say about Simmons and Embiid weirdly being removed just hours before the All-Star game happened? Here's what I don't understand. A lot of these um, these teams have barbers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't understand why they they felt the need to go outside of the team if, if that's what the case was. It kind of reminds right. me of what happened in Houston with John Wall and um, uh, K.J. Martin and, and that whole deal at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to that bad. I mean, it's not like you're going anywhere but to the arena. Right, right. Cut for them. Yeah, you I mean, yeah, I don't want to. You can um, deal with that, you know, after the All-Star with your team barber or your personal barber. That wasn't yeah. necessary. Exactly, exactly. And they really shouldn't have gone for it. Um and it's a bit difficult. And you're right. I don't know why they don't see the team barber for that. Maybe they should check in on Philly for their barbers because uh, if they're going outside the organization for it, maybe you're doing something wrong. A little back to recording. We were talking about the HBCU. Yeah. So I thought it was cool to some extent, but it was also performative a little bit. I just wanted to get a one sentence take from you. If you thought it was good, bad, you'd like to see it. If you thought it was a little bit weird, go ahead. I thought it was great. I'm a, I'm actually a product of HBCU. I'm North Carolina A&T State University. Represent. Aggie pride. Yeah. Yeah, it, It was great. It was great, but you know, the performances is it is what it is, but mm-hmm. it is all about funding for these HBCUs. That's true. Now the HBCUs in North Carolina, A and T is is pretty solid. It's about the largest HBCU 
in the states, if not the nation, if, if I'm not mistaken. And they're, they're good with money, but that's not to say all of them are, you know, mm-hmm. the a- the ANTs, the Howards, you know, family, right. they're, they're pretty solid with money, but you can't really say that about the rest of them. And, and it's for a good cause. Yeah, no, I agree. I Nothing against the, the actual message of it. You know, it's just the, the NBA, whenever they do stuff like that, you always want to worry about, you know, ulterior motives and stuff like that. One last thing in the third quarter, after the third quarter, there was a music video that showed uh, a lot of people getting vaccines and uh, a singer behind it, which is fine. Personally, I am pro-vaccine. I don't think that anyone should follow my ideologies just because I have that. I'm just telling the audience that that is what I personally feel. But Adam Silver did say that he wasn't going to mandate that players get the vaccine or use the players to promote a pro-vaccine message because there is a lot of distrust in both uh, our player community and the African-American community because of the atrocities that were done by the American government before. And so I understand why he would make the decision not to. So it was a bit strange to see a lot of pro-vaccine imagery merged with the All-Star game, almost using the promotion of our players and and the game itself for the pro-vaccinations, which again, I am for, I just don't think that our players should be used for the advertisement of that if they're still a bit distrustful of it, you know? I agree, I agree. It, it should be, I mean, I, I get it, but you know, using the players like that, that's that's not it. Yeah, not, no. not long. I haven't seen anything from anyone being upset about it. So maybe I'm making moles on a mount. I, I don't know what that saying is. Mount, I don't even know where I tried to. Yeah, yeah. Mount out of a mole. Mount out of a God, I'm a little too young for that, I think. But yeah, so maybe the players didn't feel the same way. But when I saw it, that's how I felt. So I figured I'd bring it up. That's all I've got for the All-Star game. Is there anything you want to talk about in the All-Star game before you move on to the first half Warriors recap? What I got from the All-Star game was 12 men just happy to be out there. Mm -hmm. All I saw was straight joy from Mm -hmm. from both teams. And I guess it was was cool because, you know, a lot of them were apprehensive. And Adam Silver did a great job in, you know, implementing that curfew and making it like a mini bubble. Yeah. Other than that, Embiid and Simmons deal, you know, it, it went off without a hitch. And it yeah. was really exciting. The slammed up contests need to be fixed. Right, right. Yeah, the, the slam dunk contest needs to be fixed, but that doesn't have much to do with the COVID um, and the All-Star game. So that's right. Yeah. Uh, we need to fix this All-Star game and or this dunk contest and maybe fix the skills challenge. But yeah, that's what Hey guys, this is just one of the examples where the Wi-Fi cut and we had to restart the Zoom call. All we missed in the previous recording was the intro to the Warriors segment. We're going to talk about the first half of the season for the Warriors, including Steph, James Wiseman, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steve Kerr, all the players, and the Minnesota Timberwolves pick. This is the reason that I brought Janelle Moore on. She's an expert in all things Warriors, and it was really cool to hear what she had to say. So check it out. Warriors. 
That's right. So some basic stuff about the Warriors. They're 19 and 18, basically 500, ninth in the West right now. So they're in the play-in tournament, which is not the aspirations they had for the game. But after getting 30 balled, I believe, in their first three games of the season, it's not the worst position to see them in. We could talk about Steph, Wiseman, Clay, and Dre. I have stuff written on those guys, but I really would like to get a perspective from you just on the first half of the Warriors in general. Themes that you've seen, maybe you've seen stuff improve or things like that. I know that you got issues with Kerr, and from the stuff that I've been reading about Kerr and these articles that I prepped for this podcast i understand what you're hearing so i'd love to hear your thoughts please take all the time you want to just rant about the warriors first half the warriors first half i, I believe they overachieved a little bit mm-hmm. i remember espn has ranked them like at 14 to 14th in the west to start the season oh, so in in a way they have overachieved right and what's really aggravating with me is that there has been like five at least five games that they should have won Mm -hmm. and if had they won those games we are looking at a team that is like 23 and 14 and maybe alternate between fifth Right. The fourth, fifth, and sixth spot in the West. Which matters a lot in the West. One of those games has to be Charlotte, where Dre gets ejected at the end of the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, Char- that Charlotte game was weird. Steph mm-hmm. had vertigo, I believe. It sounded like he had vertigo. and he. Yeah. he but there's no excuse for what Draymond did at all. And Draymond, I mean, I love what he brings to the defense – but at $25 million a year, he can't buy a bucket on credit. And we need like at least 10 points per game from him. Right. Granted, he is not, he, he has never been a knockdown shooter. Right. Never have been, never was, never will be. But at least he could go downhill and get a bucket mm-hmm. or draw fouls right? because these defenses are sagging off him like crazy and he have all the space and opportunity, but yet he passes because he know he can't do anything else offensively. Right. This is Draymond right now, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Dre is averaging, oh, I wrote this down, 5.7 points a game right now, which is the second lowest behind his rookie debut and he played no minutes his rookie year he was just some second round pick so it's looking pretty bad the rest of his stats are 6.1 rebounds 8.6 assists which is a career high so you are correct that he is just passing the ball because it's all he can do right now and 1.4 steals the shooting splits are ugly he's shooting 39.1 percent from the field which is bad 23.7 percent from three which is really bad although you're never expecting him to have a high percentage there and 71.1% from the free throw line. He's been ejected at least twice this year. I think I counted like seven technical fouls this season. Dre is looking like an old man out there, and maybe a healthy Golden State team helps him come out of it, but he is definitely struggling, and his struggles have affected the Warriors this season. Yes. And another thing that's that's been bothering me about the Warriors is the way that they're developing Wiseman. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not really against that pick, but yeah, Lamelo at this point is better. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Lamelo is the circumstances. Lamelo has played professionally. Wiseman has played only like thirty. I mean, I mean three college games. Plus, he had about with COVID and his whole acclimation to the league has just been off because of the pandemic. And also it takes bigs right now, more time to develop. And that is because of the way that the game is played now. Like I said, it's more than just lobs and, and you know, right. post play. Right. You know, the modern big is different. You'll see more modern bigs like Wiseman and like Bam and whatever. And, um, you know, it's going to take time. But see, the thing is, how much time do the Warriors really have? Remember, Steph will be 33 exactly. next Exactly. Exactly. And he is playing at an MVP level and he want to win. Mm-hmm. Draymond want to win. And the organization owes them that. Exactly. And that's why that's what makes me mad. The organization for five years of the run fucked around and just got draft picks and wasted draft picks. Mm-hmm. The Jacob Evans and the smiling geach. I could just oh don't don't get me started. You what? gave four years to a goofy that ain't picked up a basketball before because of Paul <laughs> and because um, Kent or whatever his name is needed something to do. Yeah. He's wasting a draft pick. Yeah. Every, every day that passes after they let Jerry West go still hurts, man. They've made bad personnel decisions after that, and they've let their guys get old without any reinforcements. Let me ask you, I'm sure you know this. Was the Clay Thompson injury, did it happen on draft night or the day before? It did. It happened on draft night. Okay. And- okay. So I will I will never be able to blame the Warriors for not taking Lamelo because if Clay is healthy, they're not taking Lamelo. There's no chance that they take Lamelo. Right. For it to happen on draft night, after you have all this information scouted on the one player that you do want, you're not just going to draft another guy just because Clay got hurt. So we're not going to blame Bob Myers, even though he's got a lot of blame coming his way for some oh, yeah. of these decisions. Oh, yeah. We're not going to blame him for not taking Lamelo. Okay. And Wiseman isn't a bad pick. It's clear the kid's got talent. You know, I mean, right now he's got 11.8 points per game. That's good for a rookie. 5.9 rebounds. You'd like to see that a little bit higher for a guy that plays the center position. 1.1 blocks. He clearly can make an impact on the defensive end once he figures out his rotations. His shooting splits are fine. He's shooting 51% from, from the field, which is okay for a center. Shooting 37% from three, which is encouraging, I would think, for a rookie center who hasn't played any of the game. And 63% from three or from the free throw line, which is whatever. I have seen a little bit of Wiseman. I haven't been catching a lot of the Warriors games this year, to be fully honest with you guys. But Wiseman looks, he's got talent, 100%. And that's honestly all you need out of your number two pick if you're not a team that wants to win right now. And that's the issue. We don't know. We don't know what he's going to be in a couple of years. I think in five years, he's going to be a top 12 center in the league. You know, I don't think that's a very lofty goal for him. 
with his talents and his athleticism and what he can do, but I, they can't wait that long. Steph will be nearly 40 at that point. Dre is going to be a corpse at that point. So can you develop Wiseman? Is there any way to develop him faster? Do you flip him now without knowing his full ceiling to try and get someone, which is a bit of a transition to these Oladipo trade rumors. You, they, they, The Warriors are apparently interested in Oladipo, who, by the way, whoever trades for Oladipo at this deadline is going to get him for a first-round pick and a nobody. I promise you guys, Houston doesn't want to resign him. And he's got money on him. So anyone's going to be able to get him for cheap. So if you believe in Oladipo, if anyone believes in Oladipo, you trade for him. But you tweeted, what would they trade for Oladipo, especially money-wise? I mean, you're going to, I, I, I can't imagine that Houston would take Wiggins back in that deal. And I, honestly, with the sort of improvements that we've seen from Wiggins, both defensively and offensively, do you even want to trade Wiggins for a guy like Oladipo right now who you would have to pay out the ass to re-sign after this, this offseason? Do you have any interest in Oladipo? right now kind of but it's very lukewarm yeah yeah i mean the thought of trading wiggins for Depot in hopes of shedding that contract that he don't deserve mm-hmm. sounds appealing sure but you, you're still in another mess with uh, Depot. i mean i think he he's a free agent after this year i guess he's a rental and Right. probably a broken down rental he right. stayed hurt yeah. and you don't really know how much offensive production you would get exactly but i don't know the, i don't the thing, know the thing about that is you know they talk about sacrificing defense but people are fooled by uh, the warriors defensive rating do that look like a top defensive team to you no, but they're at what number six right now for the season. Yeah, they're number six, but they but it's kind of inflated. Right. And you would think that, you know, just tweaking it a little bit on offensively. You know, you'll sacrifice some defense, but you'll probably win more games, and that's mm-hmm. been the conundrum of the Warriors all year. You know, their defense is in the top six. Mm-hmm. But the offense is like what twenty first or twenty second right now. I thought it was twenty second when I read an article, I but think I think it's twenty second sure. right now. Yeah, and that's their biggest problem. And and Kerr has alluded to getting Steph more help. But what pisses me off is now he now he realizes that they need more help scoring other than Steph. You mean to tell me it took you half of the season to realize? that you need more scores, dependable scores, reliable scores, other than Steph. But hey, he's not chasing wins now. It's all about internal development for a bunch of flunkies on the floor that even right. shouldn't be there in the first place. Exactly. Not I mean, this year, not next year. Beyond Wiseman, I don't think there's anyone worth developing on the team. I mean, Wiggins at this point, his ceiling is a good player. That's it, which I, I don't know if that's worth, you know, developing him for three years for him to be a good to solid player. And Eric Paschal, Pascal, whichever way you say it, is a good, decent player that they snagged out of the second round. You know, we, we shit on Myers for these picks. Paschal is, is 
in the second round, he's someone fun, but I don't think he's worth developing or at least sacrificing wins to develop in terms of how good he's going to be for this team, which is really weird. So let's talk about a little bit of the future of this team, which is going to be tied to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Last year, trade deadline, I would say a few weeks ago from today, um, and then the calendar behind that is the Warriors and Timberwolves trade. The Warriors sent D'Angelo Russell, who signed a max contract that year. I think he only played 33 games for the Warriors. They sent him over to Minnesota for Andrew Wiggins and a protected 2021 pick. It's top three protected, and it's unprotected in 2022 if it does not convert now. The Timberwolves right now are 7-29, and and they're last in the NBA. And I don't think they're going to get much better, even though they weighed the weird decision of firing their coach. It wasn't a real coach. All respect to Flip Saunders and Ryan Saunders, but the kid's not a real coach in this league. And they hired Chris Finch, who a lot of people I heard were talking about him as a head, hot, hot head coaching thing. But the roster is just decimated. D'Lo isn't even playing. He's in week two, I think, of a six-week recovery from surgery. So he's not coming to help. And even if he was out there, I think his shooting percentage was like second to last in the league right now is really sad the ringer said i read this ringer article that had a bunch of numbers that frankly i didn't super understand but it said that they had a 63 percent chance of minnesota losing the pick if they stay in that bottom spot and my question is even if they get this pick which would be a number four or number five pick and what is admittedly a pretty high value draft even if you get a good prospect i mean even if the sun explodes and cade cunningham falls to number four or number five can the warriors even wait on that or do they have to trade the pick i mean can you add another 19 year old guy to this roster to develop who's not going to be able to help right away lottery picks don't help right away unless you give them all the minutes and all the shots so even if they get this pick right now are they almost forced to trade it just because they're not going to be able to? It's a really weird situation where they're going to have two straight years of top five picks if this pans out and their two best players are going to be in their deep thirties at the same time. They need to trade that pick. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Steph Curry will be a free agent in 2022. Mm-hmm. He, and you know, I know the likelihood of him leaving is low, but if it were me, I would make I would make that front office sweat. I would put some pressure on them because they straight up take him for granted. And what they're doing is farting around and wasting his prime. He, you know, People got Steph messed up and confused. They think that because he is joyful, he plays the game with joy. They assume that he don't want to, he's not a competitor and he ain't like that, but he is. If he wasn't, he wouldn't even be in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah, I fully agree. Wants to win. Draymond wants to win. And you're not going to do that trying to develop kids. Plus, knowing good and well, you can't develop worth 15 cents anyway. Right. They can't, they can't develop. 
They can't develop. No. That staff cannot develop, not worth anything. Yeah, it's really strange because regardless if they don't want to, even if even if management doesn't want to win at this point or the front office doesn't want to win and focus on the future, which would be just one of the biggest mistakes of all time, they are capped up the ass. I don't understand how you're going to carry around this luxury tax of several hundred million dollars a year and not do everything you can to keep winning as opposed to just letting this shit go. You know, last year you had some really good excuses. Clay didn't play for the year and Steph missed a few months, I think three with that hand surgery. Of course, you're going to be a bottom whatever team in that sort of situation. But you've got Steph averaging, what is it, 29.7 points, which is only under his unanimous MVP season, 5.5 rebounds, which is a career high, 6.3 assists, 1.3 steals. His shooting percentage is always off the fucking charts. I'm not going to read them to you guys. You know what they are, basically 50, 40, 90. He's playing at this level. At his age, he's giving a shit. He, if they had Clay, they'd probably be a top four seed in the in the West. That's not an exaggeration by any means. I don't think I, adding Clay Thompson is a very big thing to this roster. So I don't understand why they wouldn't try and find any reason thing. And the Kelly Oubre trade keeps looking worse, even though they didn't really give up much for him. They they should try and flip him if they can. Probably would be part of the old Depot deal if they did it. Andrew Wiggins has been decent, I guess, but he's what the second best player on the team in terms of creating his own shot right now. That's what Minnesota had and Minnesota wasn't doing shit. So I I worry about that. Dre looks washed. I think if Dre was on a team with a bunch of shooters with like, like clay being healthy and a team that gave a shit, he would look well again. I'm not saying that Dre is fully washed and he's never going to go back to any sort of level, but I think right now he looks really fucking washed and Wiseman is decent. Looney has still been a rock solid center in this league. Shout out Milwaukee. I believe he's out of there. So they've got these pieces. I don't understand. Myers is just fucking this team up. He won't acquire talent that actually matters for the team. Myers don't know what he's doing. He doesn't, man. He doesn't doesn't know what he's doing. They messed up by making the logo expendable. And that's just the bottom line. I mean, Jerry West is the goddamn dynasty builder, baby. He drafted Shaq and Kobe. He traded for Kobe. He knew what he was doing there. He built he built the Golden State Warriors. I mean, what was it? They wanted to trade Klay Thompson for Kevin Love straight up while he was still in the Timberwolves, and he's the only one that turned that trade down because he knew what the fuck he was doing, and he knew how he was building that team. And then uh, they make him expendable. Fucking great. Send him over to the Clippers where he built the greatest Clipper team of all time, which isn't saying much. I understand that's not saying much. It's still the greatest Clipper team. I mean, you put him against the Lob City Clippers and they're fucking him up. I'm sorry about the Lob City Clippers, but you put Kawhi, Paul George, and those dudes against them and they're going to destroy him because those Clippers could never guard threes. That's why they lost in the playoffs. They could never guard wings. And those guys have two of the best wings in the league. Whatever you think of Pandemic P, it, it doesn't matter, you know? So he built that team too, and they're going to have a chance at winning titles and hopefully make the Western Conference Finals for the first time, the Clippers. And I, he's, he does nothing but build dynasties, not even championships, because Pat Riley builds championships. No one spots a championship window like Pat Riley in Miami. If he sees a guy that's going to help him win a chip, he knows how he's going to do it. Jerry West knows how to build teams that win three titles, not just one. And I don't understand how you can make that expendable it honestly just reeks of silicon valley pretentiousness 
guys just thinking that they're smarter than they really are and pushing guys aside so they can do it because Myers hasn't done shit. Does he have a single gold star in his resume since Jerry West has left? I, I can't think of one. Me either. Yeah, it's really ridiculous. You can't and even take credit for KD. You know who closed that KD deal? The uh, logo did. Yeah, the logo. And Nash a little bit probably did too because him and Nash got some stuff together. No, no, Nash came after KD. Oh, did he? Did he? Joined the Warriors. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Audience, if you heard that, she called me out because I was fucking lying through my teeth. So, you know, but uh, they let the logo go, man. And he did what he did for the Warriors with the Clippers, which means he could have done it longer for the Warriors. And it worries me because even if they do get their shit together and like we have to make these trades, is Myers going to make the right trades? I mean, he traded for Ubre. He traded for D'Angelo Russell and gave him a max contract, which forced him to take Andrew Wiggins on. It hasn't been the worst move in the world, I guess, at the end of the day, especially if they get this top five pick. But he certainly wasn't making that deal planning on this, you know, so I'm not really sure. Uh, I think we're ending, we're getting towards the end of this. I guess the only questions that I had for you left were the second half of the season. Are there, are there any players out there that you'd love for them to make a move for that they, you know, reasonably could make a move for? Is there any coaching changes you'd like to see? Are you getting to a point with Kerr that you just need to see someone else in that spot? Are you optimistic about the second half of the season at their position right now, record wise, they could end up in the top five of the West, probably closer to four and five than anything higher than that. Or they could lose. They could lose their spot in the playing tournament. So you know, just a couple of those questions. If you want to cover a I'm couple, I'm cautiously optimistic. I yeah. mean, they're going to have a rougher go with the Clippers, Lakers, and the Jazz. You know, they they have a good a shot at maybe upsetting the Clippers again. You know, but the the other. The other games, I mean, they have as good a shot as anybody to string together some wins. And as far as coaching changes, I, I don't, it'll be great, but I don't know who else could you get other than Kerr. Um, and my, my beef is with the front office, pretty much. I, the changes should start from there. Right. Yeah, I feel that. I guess we can wrap this up with one final thought. Y'all y'all teams that haven't done much in the playoffs better pray they don't meet healthy Steph Curry in these playoffs. If if the, the Utah Jazz have to play the Golden State Warriors or if Phoenix, even with Chris Paul, a lot of young players on those teams, if you got a young team and you're meeting Steph and Dre in the playoffs, you better prep your ass off because they're they're going to upset people that they're, they're going to be the best chance of having an upset. If they end up in the seven or six spot and they end up playing a, a team that hasn't done much in the playoffs, you know, so I would be very worried about that if they snuck in there and ruined them janelle i want to thank you for coming on this has been a blast you're one of the more 
well-versed people that I've had on in terms of the coverage of a singular team. You know exactly what the fuck you're talking about. And I'm really glad I brought you on for this Warriors episode. No bucks given people. Next episode is on Friday. I'll be having Brian Park, who works with the Los Angeles Times. And a buddy of mine named Nick Hansen will be doing another one of the Casuals episodes where we drink. It'll be less of a current NBA episode as Brian's specialty is in 2011 when the Lakers were bad and he was a Laker fan. And we're probably going to make a drinking game around that, trying to guess like the starting lineups or anything like that. So one last time, Janelle, thank you for coming out. If there's anything you want to shout out, your Twitter articles, anything like that, please do so. This space is for you. Yes, I stole that line from Hot Ones. Please don't sue me. All right. You can check me out. Um on Twitter at Janelle 12, that is J-A-N-N-E-L-L-E 12. You can find my work at the Basketball News, basketballnews.com. You could also find my work at um, Complex Sports, Carolina Blitz, and the Shadow League. And check your stuff out. Wherever else I could get the opportunity. Yeah, I see you always tweeting at people trying to get some freelance work. I appreciate that. Uh, guys, check our stuff out. I really like it, especially if you want to hear about what the Warriors are doing these days, because it is a weird time for the Warriors, and weird usually means interesting. So it's fun to see what they're up to, what they're doing, and what their rumors are like. This old Adipo rumor came out of nowhere, and honestly – Whenever it's not the Bucks involved, because I'd like to see them win a chip at some point, I'm always rooting for the funnest thing possible. So Oladipo going to the Warriors and giving Steph a backcourt mate that's pretty fun defensively and can pass the ball, I'd be all for that just for the fun of it. So we'll see if that works out. I'll be signing off. I'm tired. I had a flight. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten today. I'm starting to get cranky. So we're going to sign off now. I'm going to thank Janelle for a third time for coming on. And we'll catch you next time. Cue the outro music that I do not add. So it's just going to be the end. All right. Bye, guys.